Today on the show, I've got something the late model world is just better at than the sprint car side, and it needs to change. We'll talk about that, plus Wednesday results and what to watch tonight. Let's go. It's Wednesday, July 19th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. How is everyone today? Are you guys good? I feel like this year is really flying by and I haven't asked you lately how you're doing. Hope all, all is well in your world as we're kind of halfway through another work week here. Over in the Dirt Tracker merch shop right now, I'm down to the last two black FlexFit logo hats. So don't wait too much longer if you want to snag one of those. Don't forget too, I've marked down the late model and sprint car shirts to just 10 bucks. Sizes are limited, but 10 bucks. Uh, I had an order on Monday where somebody grabbed one of those shirts and four stickers and it was 28 bucks out the door because shipping is free for U.S. orders of $20 or more. Not bad, a shirt and, and four stickers for 28 bucks. The full rundown right now of Dirt Tracker merch includes the two different logo shirts. I wore the blue one yesterday. I'm wearing the gray one today. Uh, I've got the Sprint Car Light Model shirts, the FlexFit hats. There's four different colors of can koozies and the four sticker options. Uh, you can shop anytime over at shop.dirttracker.com. So the situation popped up last night and I want to dive into this and this might come off a little ranty. It's not really ranty. You know, I, I don't mean that to be, uh, you know, how this is going to come off and I'm going to mention some drivers, but I'm not really coming at any next year. I just, I want to preface this, but this is something I want to talk about. The all-stars were at Lernerville last night and the word of outlaws are at BAPS tonight. Kyle Larson was at Lernerville, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be at BAPS. The track as in BAPS tweeted yesterday that Larson would be there tonight. And Young Money quote tweeted it saying he was only going to do Lernerville and then Grandview next week, but not BAPS. And I'm assuming that means no Williams Grove this week as well. It was egg on the face for BAPS, which sucks, honestly, for everyone. They had some indication he was coming, regardless of where it came from, and it would have been a big deal for that to happen. They want to push that, and as someone who used to help with event marketing, I would have done the same thing. But after Larson responded, the track then had to delete the tweet, and people responded in poor ways, as you can expect in 2023 saying they were just trying to do anything to sell tickets, which is obviously not fair. And this whole thing last night brings me to the main topic for today's show. When it comes to dirt racers, especially the big ones, why don't we know where they're going to race ahead of time? I feel like the late model guys do a much better job of this with their website schedules, but in the year 2023, is there not a better way to handle this? Why is it always a guessing game? When you run a series full-time, fans and tracks know on these dates, we're getting these guys obviously most likely guaranteed. That's good. The shows can be promoted in a certain way, and it helps everyone involved. And think about the race fans here. But for guys that don't participate in the sport that way, why can't they have their upcoming schedule listed on their website or social media accounts? I understand plans change, especially with weather, but I don't like the mystery, and online schedules can be adjusted quickly if those plans do indeed get switched. You know, this happened to Rico Abreu last night. He was going to be at Lernerville. They had an issue with the truck. He tweets out, hey, sorry, I'm not going to be there. And I've got a couple of examples here of, of websites and, and guys. We're going to look around a couple of things. The first one is Chris Ferguson, really popular regional late model guy. Uh, he's one on the big stage with Lucas. I can go on his website right now and see what his plans are through the end of the year. I like that. Same is true of Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton, Brandon Shepard. Davenport and Overton, obviously, basically full-time Lucas guys this year, but that hasn't been the case here in recent years, but their schedules were still available on their websites. Brandon Shepard, another guy. You can go see a schedule right now. On the sprint car side, though, the same is not true. I feel like Brent Marks does a decent job on his social media talking about his upcoming races, but there's not a schedule on his website. And the same is true of both Rico and Larson. 
People end up tweeting at Rico to see what his plans are, and there are social media accounts posting guesses for Larson's upcoming calendar, which leads to issues like we saw yesterday. Brian Brown is a guy, he's got his full schedule on his website. Kudos to him. He even has marked where things are tentative at this point. Buddy Kofoid has a schedule page on his website, on, on his store site, but it, it's empty. There's nothing there. Brady Bacon's schedule has both his winged and non-winged races. That's good stuff. If you look at around uh, at sports, though, at all sorts of levels of motorsports and stick and ball sports, how many examples are there where fans are headed out to watch, but they don't have any complete picture of who they're going to see compete? You might get a basketball game in the NBA where a star might have the night off, but that, the teams don't change. We still know that you're going to see those two teams and you get injuries, but obviously that can't be avoided. But in this age of technology and social media and smartphones, this seems like a really stupid problem to have. I see a lot of pros and probably not that many cons for teams and drivers being much more transparent about where and when they're going to race. And like, obviously, uh, you know, I'm coming at this from a race fan perspective. If, if you are somebody who's going to be spending your hard earned money uh, to go see a race, sometimes you only get a couple of opportunities a year to go see some of these big events. Maybe it's your only opportunity all year to go see a, a, a race like this. Wouldn't it be a lot nicer to know who it is you're going to actually see at these races? And I feel like as as teams, as series, as tracks, we need to do a much better job of communicating who it is that they're going to see. If drivers or industry people have any rebuttal to any of what I said today, feel free to reach out to me on the side. Let me know if I'm missing something here. I don't feel like I am, but let me know if maybe I am. At Lerneville last night, Buddy Kofoid led the first 18 laps from the pole before Larson took over in-lap traffic with 12 to go. Uh, Larson led the rest of the way for his second uh, Silver Cup victory in a row. Brent Marks and Justin Peck made late moves to get onto the podium with Kofoid fading to fourth right at the checkered flag. As for the all-star contenders, Anthony Macri was sixth in his first night out with Klaus and Marshall, while Zeb Wise needed a provisional to start the main event and finish 19th. The all-star season continues Friday at 34 Raceway in Iowa, which begins a big swing through the Midwest. Quick reminder, if you missed it yesterday, I've got two tickets to next week's High Limit show at Grandview to give away thanks to the Ticket Ticket Hoss app. Jump over to yesterday's show to see how you can get in on that if you are interested. I'm going to announce the winner on tomorrow's Daily Show, on the Thursday Daily Show. Uh, Looking ahead to tonight's racing, the Southern Nationals late models were going to give it another go after being rained out on Tuesday at I-75. As of this morning, though, today is rained out as well. They'll try again tomorrow night at Sonoya in Georgia. As previously mentioned as well, the World of Outlaws are headed to Babs Motor Speedway tonight for the first time in 31 years. They last raced at the Pennsylvania Racetrack way back in 1992. A lot of drivers who will compete tonight, though, have experience at the track as it regularly hosts 410 sprint car racing. Guys like Geo Selzy, James McFadden, Jacob Allen all have won there, and we could be looking at a local as the favorite. You know, Brent Marks is coming off really good runs at Eldora and Lernerville, and I think he'll be stout tonight, probably the guy to watch. The Outlaw Championship battle remains tight at this moment. The top three separated by just 24 points. None of the top three can really afford to have an off night at this point. After uh, today's race, the Outlaws are headed for Williams Grove on Friday and Saturday. Up at Land of Legends, a busy modified week continues with the Super Dirt Car Series back in action again. They race Sunday at Weed Sport. The Short Track Super Series was at Fonda on Monday and now Canandaigua tonight with the SDS. Matt Williamson won Sunday night and continues to try and close the gap to Matt Shepard in the championship hunt. This race was originally scheduled for July 3rd, but weather pushed it back to today. You'll get 70 laps, $7,500 to the winner. Both this and the Outlaw Show will be live over on Dirt Vision. 
Uh, looking around the other Dirt Racing podcasts this week, Wing Nation has Donnie Schatz and Scott Gobrecht. Suave Talk has Jonathan Davenport. Open Red has Sean Neistat. Uh, Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks has Tress Miller. Uh, and there are new episodes of The Dirt Reporters, Passing Points, The Dirt Nerds, Dirt Track Confessions, Hoagie's Garage, Dunwich on Dirt, and Dirt Track Weekly. To see all of these podcasts and their recent episodes, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. Uh, that's it for the show today. Make sure to hit up the streaming schedule, dirttracker.com slash watch tonight to see what your options are for viewing. Hope you guys have a good Wednesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.